Thank you all for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day here in the Locked On Podcast Network, free and available where you find folks get your podcast. Also, today's episode is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to netsuite.com slash NCAA for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. On today's episode, that's right, baby, it is Victory Thursday as Michigan State downs Nebraska. We go over some things that we loved from the game things that we didn't necessarily love, and then, oh, is another four-star joining this football class by any chance? Hmm, let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello there, Spartan fans. How on earth are we doing on this beautiful morning, beautiful afternoon, beautiful evening, or beautiful whatever time you are listening to this Victory Thursday podcast? Because for the eighth time in a row, we are doing a victory recap from your Michigan State basketball Spartans here on the Locked on Spartans podcast. That's right, guys. I'm your host, Matt Sheehan, and allow me to take you to basketball church as Michigan State once again takes down a Big Ten team, this time with a 79-67 win over the Nebraska Ball Cornhuskers. Oh boy, that's a that's a tough team they've got. Um, Before we get there, though, just need to politely ask you to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Once again, this is the Lockdown Spartans podcast. I'm sure you know that by now. But you might not know how to get a hold of me. That would be LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. Hit me with any questions, comments, Get them all the time, or if you watch an MSU game and you just want to get some things off your chest, I have some listening eyes that will read every ep- or read every email that you send over. Alright guys, so let's get to talking about that Spartan victory. Again, for the eighth time in a row, and we're going to go over some things that we loved from this game. And, okay, I, I understand. It's Nebraska. In, in reality, that's kind of like a mid-major opponent, and I feel bad saying that because, listen, Fred Hoiberg's just trying his best. I think he's a fine coach, but it's a very hard situation to be in. And perhaps their five-star guard isn't really panning out like they thought he would, but hey, young kid, early on in his career, um, and I could also now see why he chose Nebraska, because anytime you can get to go to a place where you can just huck up 16 shots, no problems asked, or no questions asked, okay, I guess I would do it too. We're not here to talk about Nebraska. We're here to talk about what we loved from Michigan State. And first and foremost, well, let's talk about our five-star freshman, huh? Max Christie with his first career 20-plus point game as he finished his night with 21 points on the scoreboard and just got to it very early on as well. Seven points before your chair even got warm. And that was crucial, too. I, that was very vital to have Max Christie hit those first three shots early on because... Well, you know who else was hitting everything else? Nebraska. Nebraska started this game on a very hot note. And not just from the defensive end, forcing a zillion turnovers right off the bat, but Nebraska hit their first five shots of the game, but Max Christie was there to match them and really kept that up the entire game. Uh, Seven for nine from the field. Now, while that's an incredible stat line, and it's very clear that maybe, knock on wood, that his shooting is getting better, I don't know if expecting 7 of 9 shooting every night is something that we can expect, but hey, things are looking good from the Christie camp after uh, kind of a slow start to his collegiate career, but hey, 
th- that's expected with freshmen, you know? Those lights are bright in college, and those lights are really bright when you play for a premier program like Michigan State. So, it's kind of what we talked about when they went into the non-conference slate in the middle of the season, when they had the Oakland game, or when they had the high point game, although he wasn't able to play in that one for illness. But he gets back on the horse with the Northwestern performance, and now this Nebraska performance in his last three games. He is 9 of 14 from down deep, so yeah, Oh, yeah, it, it seems to be that Max Christie's shot is looking superb. Uh, another guy that, of course, you have to highlight, and this will sound like a broken record player because, well, if you're wondering if this is another podcast episode of me raving about Gabe Brown and his energy, then, <laughs> oh, you are correct uh, because, once again, Gabe Brown was there for the rescue. Now, maybe not. It wasn't as dire of situations as it was in the High Point game uh, or the Northwestern game, for example, but... The end of the half, things were looking hairy, well, as they were the entire first half. And once again, here, swooshing in, seemingly in his cape, because my god, Gabe Brown flies. Uh, hits a three-pointer from MSU, and then not too long later, fast break, slam-a-lama dunk, and that gets MSU into the locker room at halftime with a four-point lead. And like I've said over and over again, this is probably the 13th time you heard me say this, but... I, it, it just, it, it's Gabe Brown's team. You know, there's a ton of good players, and we'll get to this in a very, very short while. A lot of players are capable of doing some great things on the court, but every time MSU needs a jolt of energy or needs some leadership in-game on the court, it is Gabe Brown picking up the phone and answering it. And he did so at the end of the first half again. Uh, he's gotten to double figures in every game this season except just one game, and that was the Loyola game where, well, he still had nine points, and he also led the team tonight against Nebraska in steals with four steals. Last but not least for what we loved about this game, and it's just becoming more apparent every game that we do, or every night that we turn the Spartans on, and it's this. And this is just what we love, uh, not just about this game, but the whole season, is that the big night can come from anywhere, right? Like, you know, like I say, Gabe Brown, he's the energy guy. He'll always be the guy you're lining for energy. But you could rely on a lot of guys for a big night. Like Tyson Walker against Louisville, for example. Uh, Malik Hall against Loyola. Gabe Brown against Northwestern. Heck, Bingham. A lot of games, like uh, his Oakland game. Or, you know, it could also be a Minnesota game where Walker, Hall, and Brown all have 15 points. Like, listen, Marcus Bingham didn't have his most sterling game tonight. It was actually only the second game this season where he did not record a single block. He only had four points. Did it matter, though? No, like, his teammates picked him up, and he was able to have an off night because, well, bang, you got some greatness around you. A.J. Hogard, uh-oh, that didn't go too well tonight, did it? Well, you still got away with your number two point guard turning the ball over seven times because, yeah, it's a balanced team. And not everyone has to be on all the time. But when they are on all the time, oh, <laughs> yes, get me that. So, yeah, stark difference from last year. You have some solid, solid point guard playing Tyson Walker, like we've been talking about all season. And, listen, A.J. Hogarth's had his moments. We'll talk about him more in the next segment, but... Man, not just from point guard play, but for the team as a whole, very balanced. Whereas, I don't know if anyone has blocked last year out of their memory. If you have, good for you. Um, But, ooh, my, just praying to God that Aaron Henry gets his, uh, what, 18 points or 24 points and 11 rebounds or otherwise, yuh-oh, 
Michigan State's toast. Uh, not not the case with this team right here. So that's fantastic. So a lot to love about this game tonight. But those are the three things that I, I especially loved is that Christie pounding on wood right now. Uh, looks to be solid. Gabe Brown once again cementing he is the energizer bunny of this team. And last but not least, of course, the best of them all. How fun is this team? How fun is this team? I, I'm, I'm having a blast. I, I don't know if you guys are. Um, we are going to take a different turn next segment. There are some things that we didn't love. And it's not all doom and gloom. I'm not going to be screaming and throwing things across the room. But it wasn't completely a perfect night. And it's also some things that mm, I start to ponder if it's going to affect Michigan State more than just a few game stretch here. But we're going to get to that in a hot second. First, I need to talk to you fine folks about NetSuite. That's right. This is it. It's the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, <gasps> your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses, sorry, 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And for the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked. Head to netsuite.com slash locked for this special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. One more time, that's netsuite.com slash locked. And before continuing to chat it up about Michigan State basketball, just want to thank you for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Also, if you ever want to reach out, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com, just like this email from Joe. And yes, we will get to some things that might concern us a little bit for Michigan State, but over the commercial break, I you know did a quick read of the inbox, and hey, Joe's email pops up. So we got one more thing that we loved about this game as well. Says, hey Matt, I feel like Robbie Hummel has called every single MSU or Big Ten basketball game I've seen for the past five years. That's bang on. Uh, I don't have an issue with how he calls the game. I just feel like he has called every game for the last five years since he does games on BTN and ESPN. Wasn't sure if anyone else felt the same way. Joe, I, I'm pretty sure he got on a bus or a plane right after the MSU Nebraska game ended and flew to do the Northwestern Penn State game as well. He. He, he must log 300 games a year. I don't know how this man does it. But just like you said, not complaining about it, I actually love Robbie Hummel. And maybe it's because the bar was so low because I felt this way about Dan Dakich for a while in the sense that I felt like he called every single MSU game. But ever since he went full-blown Looney Tunes, uh, he's off the air. And thank goodness that Robbie Hummel, a guy that you actually want to hear from and has actual insight and actually talks you through the game, is awesome. Like I, I just, yeah, I love myself some Robbie Hummel. So yeah, while I feel horrible for the guy that he works twenty five hours a day, seemingly, hey, keep it up, Robbie. Love, I uh, love what you're doing here. So, all right, we're gonna get some things that necessarily didn't love for Michigan State today. Again, it's it's hard to, you know, just cry up and down about what you saw after a double digit win to go four zero in conference play. But hey, 
here we are. We, we are Michigan State. We're a serious program. Uh, we got to be critical. We got to squeeze greatness out of this team, as a, as I'm sure everyone listens to this podcast. Uh, you know, all the players that is. Uh, all right. So I, I got three things here, and the first one is another slow start from Michigan State. And these might seem like nitpicking because listen, it's only the third game in a row. Michigan State has gotten off to a slow start, but. It's not making a trend here. That'd be fantastic. And listen, you trail at halftime against High Point. You trail at halftime against Northwestern. And while you did walk into halftime with a four-point lead, that was a bad start. And before going any further, credit Nebraska. They hit their first five shots. They are great at forcing teams to turn the ball over. But nine, the first nine minutes of the game featuring ten turnovers? And... Again, I, I know Nebraska is great at steals and all that good stuff, but of those 10 turnovers early on, they had to actually work for two of them. Perhaps three if you want to be really generous, but it was uh, it, it was just ugly. It was nasty, and it was, once again, all right, great. Slow start from the Spartans, and uh, l- let me tell you what can't happen this Saturday. And, of course, it's the Michigan game, 2.30 at Chrysler Arena. You can't have a slow start Saturday. You you cannot afford to do this for a fourth time in a row because, a little known secret here, that is a desperate, desperate, desperate Wolverine team that you are going to be facing on Saturday. In front of a fan base that... Surprise, surprise, uh, probably also has even more residual hate from you for what happened over the football season. Uh, you start slow against the Wolverines. You let them get off to a hot start on offense. You start booting the ball around on offense yourself. It's not just the players in the Wolverine jerseys that are going to be getting fired up. It's going to be that crowd as well, and not necessarily the most fun to dig yourself out of a road Big Ten hole in front of a hostile environment as well. So if we can just uh, hear me out here, like just not throw the ball everywhere or, or catch it when the ball's passed right to you, I, I, I'd be down with that. I, I should be on the staff. Who am I kidding? These are genius ideas. Uh, and leading into point number two, and it's the reason why the start was slow. It's turnovers, and and they're back. I was fooled with the mirage that just 10 turnovers against Oakland and uh, just 11 against Penn State that, oh, hey, hey, hey we, we might have uh, we might have turned the corner here. All right, so, you know, we're, we're kicking the ball everywhere the first uh, stretch of the season. And those two games look to be more of a mirage than a turn for the better. Because Michigan State had 19 turnovers today. Like I said, and like you already know, 10 in the first 9 minutes before Izzo called that timeout. To I can only imagine what was said in that huddle. But going back, he also had 15 turnovers against Northwestern. And then a ooh ugly 20 turnovers against High Point. So uh, if we could button that up, that would be fantastic. And last but not least, uh, something that... Didn't necessarily love, and I'm starting to get a little concerned about, is point guard number two. Point guard number two. A.J. Hogard, and let me know if I'm crazy here. Like, uh, Hit me up on Twitter, Sheehan underscore sports, or again, lockonsparns at gmail.com. But tell me if I'm crazy that I have yet to see A.J. Hogard just play an average game this season. It is either he is dynamite, 
that he is like, oh man, this is great. Like our second point guard is just as good as the first one. That there is no drop off. Love what he has. Or the other end of that swing, which is um, AJ. Were you? Did you practice with any of these guys for the last week or so? Are you relearning everyone's name and the whole offense? Like, because let me tell you, um, seven turnovers today. And if we're going to be honest and have a real dialogue, uh, it should have been eight turnovers. They missed a pretty clear traveling there in the second half. Uh, before he kicked it out to Malik Hall for a uh, kind of a dagger three-pointer, if you will. So thank you, uh, refs, for missing that one. Uh, it's it's odd. It's 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 odd to see that, that many turnovers from a point guard that really kind of looked good at the start of the season. And... I don't know if it's just the offense is moving too fast for him, that there are times where it just seems like things are rushed. or I, It's it's concerning. It, 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 we, we are using the C word. It, it is beginning to be concerning. But luckily this isn't like last year where he has to shoulder the entire load. Luckily you do have a guy like Tyson Walker who has been solid, if not just more than solid, this whole season. So, again... He's, I'm not hitting like the uh, the the DefCon one button right now and saying that MSU is going to flame out in the first weekend because of these three things. Like no, it's it's just trends that I see. You know, as we start to head into a tougher part of the Big Ten schedule, like that, that was such a fun start to the Big Ten slate, wasn't it? You know, just a little game against uh, Minnesota, kick things off. Penn State, Northwestern, Nebraska. Not not precisely Murderer's Row, but. When you start to go into the rest of January, when you play Michigan twice, you go on the road to a spicy Wisconsin team. You go on the road to Illinois. Uh, yeah, the, these trends might have to slow down here, especially that now, hey, you're squarely in the hunt for a Big Ten title. Purdue keeps fumbling all over themselves. And yes, of course, I'm not saying it's a cakewalk at all or that you know, Michigan State should be favorites. No, they're not the favorites probably. I would still think Illinois might be, but they're one of them. And you can't continue these slow starts, these turnovers, and just, well, playing a point guard that's going to turn the ball over a touchdown amount of times uh, moving forward this season. So on the other end of this break, we're actually going to switch sports. We're going to go to football, and, uh, hmm, is this recruiting class going to get even better? Huh. And then also, well, we're going to talk even more recruiting after that, but in the sense of, just how close is Michigan State to Georgia? Or rather, how far away are they? Um, but first, I need to talk to you fine folks about Get Upside. That's right. Hey, guys, it's uh, it's Matt. That's right. Hey, nice, nice to talk to all of you again. With an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's Get Upside. One word, just Get Upside. My listeners are making up to $0.25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code SCORE and get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore like a sucker. Get back to using GetUpside. Get cash back using GetUpside, I should say. Just download the app for free and use promo code SCORE and get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there is no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or hey, even an e-gift card to Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code SCORE to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. 
One more time, that's promo code SCORE on the Get Upside app. And also, get up and get to betting. That's right, with betonline.ag. That was flat. All right. Uh, Bet Online would like to wish you a happy betting new year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains your number one spot for the best sports wagering action of 2022. It's new year. They also have a new updated desktop and mobile website just for you. So sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKED ON, that's all one word, to get started. From football to basketball to hockey to boxing, UFC. Don't forget golf. That's right, Century Tournament of Champions happening this week. Right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. That's betonline.ag where the game starts. All right, if you think we were done talking uh, football recruiting for the rest of the 2022 cycle, you are out of your mind because that is just not how we roll in the Mel Tucker era, baby. That's right. Uh, Some rumors are swirling like a tornado. It is just a a wonderful time to be in East Lansing, but you already knew that. And uh, Jeremy Bernard might think it's a wonderful, wonderful time to be in East Lansing as well. Now, if you're not completely locked into recruiting, you just wait for the players to get here on campus. First of all, congratulations on living a healthy lifestyle where your life doesn't you know, revolve around the decisions high school kids make. Second of all, allow me to introduce Jeremy Bernard to you. So, uh, He is a four-star receiver out of Henderson, Nevada, the 220-ranked player in the nation for the 24-7 sports composite and the 33rd best receiver in the country as well. Well, and he signed his letter of intent to Washington. Why are we talking about him then? That seems a little odd. We're probably going to face him next year as the Spartans travel to Seattle. Well, not so fast, my friend. Uh, Jeremy Bernard, he was recruited by position coach Junior Adams. Well, what happened over the weekend, might you ask? Well, I'll answer you because Junior Adams left Washington, went to Oregon. So now... Mr. Bernard is like, well, that's the coach I came to play for, and now he's not here. I would like to be released from my letter of intent. Well, Wednesday, he got released from his letter of intent. So, yeah, you might think, well, okay, he's just going to go to Oregon then. Mm -mm. Not so fast, my friend. And speaking of friend... He is friends with none other than Caton Hauser. That's right, Caton Hauser, the MSU quarterback commit coming in next year. Uh, let me tell you, if you are bashing your head against the wall because you're so tired of hearing every single game that Peyton Thorne and Jaden Reed were high school teammates, even going back to middle school, <laughs> if things go right, we are not done hearing about that storyline just yet because Hauser and Bernard, yes, they were teammates growing up playing together. How beautiful is that? So, yeah, well, of course, uh, 24-7 Sports cites uh, Courtney Hawkins and Jay Johnson as the primary recruiters for Jeremy Bernard, who, by the way, uh, all-name team, first team, no doubt about it. Uh, Mr. Caton Hauser can also probably be credited a little bit should he land at Michigan State. Now, we're still... Uh, Still at the five-yard line on this. It's not official yet. However, uh, there's two things we do know. One is that Jeremy Bernard plans to early enroll and go to his future college uh, as soon as he possibly can. This is all based on 
magnificent reporting from friend of the program, Justin Thin of 24-7 Sports. And the second thing we do know is that, uh, yeah, a lot of the fine folks at 24-7 Sports are predicting Jeremy Bernard to become a Spartan. If you're familiar with the Crystal Balls, I, I don't need to go any further. But for those that uh, don't know what 24-7 uh, Sports Crystal Balls are, all their recruiting analysis and experts, they make predictions on where kids are going to go, rate them on a confidence level, and right now seven guys have put in their predictions, and it's a full seven for seven uh, for Jeremy Bernard going to Michigan State. So this could be exciting news breaking later this week. Uh, maybe by the time you listen to this podcast, the, the good news has already been let out. But yes, uh, we are... We are in the red zone on getting another four-star kid, and this would be the third highest ranked kid on in Michigan State's class. Uh, if, 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 I, I want to pound this if into the ground. If he commits to Michigan State, that puts your Spartans into the top 20 for national recruiting rankings. Right now they sit at a smooth 21, and based on the class grade this would give them, it would actually rocket Michigan State up to the number 16 class in the... No, I'm sorry, number 17 class in the country. The number 17 class in the country. And also, as Justin Thin reported before the weekend as well, uh, four-star LSU running back decommit, Trevante Citizen. That's right, Trevante Citizen. we got some awesome names uh, in, in the pressure cooker right now. He is also thinking about Michigan State as well, although it's a little more unclear than what we got going with Jeremy Bernard. But for just conversation's sake, should Citizen also commit to Michigan State along with uh, Jeremy Bernard, Michigan State would then be vaulted up into the number 15 ranked class per the 20. Seven sports composite. So fun times going on uh, at Michigan State. Now, uh, to end the show, I did want to get to this email that I've been teasing the last uh, day or so. Unnamed uh, writer, and of course, I will drop the email one more time. Lockdownspartans at gmail.com. And simply put, he asked, or she, I guess I shouldn't assume uh, since they didn't leave a name, but while watching the college football playoff between Georgia and Michigan, did that concern you even more about how far back Michigan State is in the national landscape from competing at the level that Georgia and Bama are right now? Uh, so my answer is no, I'm not any more worried because that moment happened for me when the Spartans went down to Columbus this year. That That's where... That's where my reality check came as it's, uh, what was it, 49-0 at halftime heading into the locker room. Um, and I know that's, listen, it was just a, a terrible, terrible, terrible matchup. Uh, Ohio State's passing game versus MSU's secondary. But man, it, it's still a long way to go. And that was the day where I realized, like, uh-oh. <laughs> Mel Tucker, we're going to need uh, three or four or five of those years of that 10-year extension to uh, really see things come to fruition. But... Nah, what stuck out to me in this Georgia-Michigan game, in the landscape of it all, is that, and listen, it's the biggest cliche that you hear with football in the entire world, but I think a lot of times cliches uh, are, are just true. And it's true that games are won in the trenches, and you get to this spot where Georgia is right now, where Bama is right now, because you're just so dominant in the trenches. That was the biggest glaring thing to me in the Michigan-Georgia game, is that you hear nonstop about Michigan's offensive line, 
and how great they are at running the ball and whatnot. Okay. Uh, Caden McNamara looked like he had an 1,000-yard stare, like he just got off uh, like like a 10-year tour uh, overseas and because he was just getting popped all night. And the running game had absolutely nothing going on for them. Okay, so the vaunted offensive line has that done to them by Georgia's defensive front, which, my goodness gracious, uh, Jordan Davis uh, treating Blake Corum like he was a fourth grader, very scary. Because, hey, uh, Corum, it's a fine player. That's a good player. Uh... Jordan Davis, different kind of animal. And yeah, that's just what they have, simply put, in the SEC. is just different kind of animals. Because, hey, what else do you hear about Michigan? There's how incredible their pass rush is. And, hey, Michigan State saw how great that pass rush was in some scary times in their game against them on October 30th, specifically in the first half. Uh, how Did that matter against Georgia? Oh, no, it didn't at all, as Michigan didn't get a single sack. So, yeah, you look at Michigan, who is, hey, listen, they're a good team. I'm not saying that, oh, they're overrated, they suck. Like, No, I think Georgia is just that good, and that's because, well, they've been just wagoning in these incredible recruiting classes year after year after year. And the other problem is, too, is that a lot of these incredible recruiting classes year after year after year Belong in the SEC as, well, hey, it's not Bama or Georgia this year. Oh, great, it's just Texas A&M. So another team where they just hoard all that good Southern talent and uh, become a death machine once the playoffs roll around. So long answer short, uh, no, I'm not any more scared than I already was because, hey, I was already scared going into the game about how far back Michigan State is. Now, it's just a different kind of scared because it just reiterated the importance of of trenches and how vital those are to football teams. Very rarely can you get as far as the teams do without dominant trenches. Um, and yeah, that's where things like the Keontae Goodwin uh, commitment really, really hurts. And that you are losing a lot of guys on the f- offensive line and Michigan State uh, misses out on a few transfer portal guys on the offensive line early on in the cycle. And yeah, there's still a lot of time left in the transfer cycle, but that is priority probably priority number one. I mean, everyone's got their own opinions, and yeah, it's uh, very hard to look at what happened in the trenches on December 31st and say, okay, now our our, our trenches are are pretty close to where they're at because I don't think, I don't know if anyone's is in the Big Ten if if Michigan's going to get it done. So that's that's where I stand on that. So I know it was a Georgia-Michigan game, but hopefully that was enough of a Michigan State tie-in because, yeah, hey, we're we're here to answer some emails and uh, talk to you wonderful, wonderful listeners. Uh, We will be back. Of course, as always, on tomorrow's show, uh, right now, scheduled to talk to our guy, Dave Klein of SpartanHoops.com, about the weekend's game between Michigan State and Michigan. And also, we'll just talk and bebop about uh, Michigan State in general, too. Always a great guy. Always a great time talking to a great guy, Dave Klein. So, yeah, tune in for that tomorrow. Also, guys, thank you for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Now go make your second listen, Lockdown Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. That's Lockdown Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling, free and available on all platforms. All right, guys, go enjoy that win. Go Green. Love you all.